You want your five-star matches? You want your 30-minute classics? Not me. Big meaty men slapping me. Good, ladies and gentlemen, this is your host, Randall Beatley, and this is another episode of the Slapping Meat Wrestling Podcast. Um, so I guess we'll do some some house cleaning, some 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 news, some cleanup from the last couple of episodes. Um, we are officially now on Apple Podcasts. I finally got that you know, situated. We're on Apple Podcasts. You can um, listen there. You can listen on Spotify, Google, I think Amazon, iHeartRadio, um, and a bunch of other, I think, TuneIn podcasts. Um, just go to rss.com um, and search for the Slapping Meat Wrestling Podcast. Go to that site and... You can go to, you know, to the to listen on link, and it will pop up all the links you can listen to us on. Anyway, now that we took care of that, um, this episode is going to be a little different than, than, than what we have been doing. Um, I understand with the last couple episodes that I've really hit AEW hard. Um... But in my in my opinion, this situation is a situation everyone needs to cover and at least needs to think about. My fear is, and what I don't want to happen, is for this situation to happen and then the smoke of the consequences of it and the smoke just sort of blows over and we just sort of forget that it happened and we just move on. Because it seems to me, like, Tony Khan is, you know what, I've stripped the titles, I suspended, which we really don't under... Like, again, what does that mean? What does suspending the EVPs mean? Are they not able to be on screen? Were they suspended from their EVP um, position? Like, what does this mean that they are... Suspended. No, we, we don't have any idea what that means. Um, and it seems to me like they just sort of said, hey, we'll, we'll suspend you. We won't tell you how long. Typically on press releases, oh, so-and-so got suspended for so-and-so length of time. We don't know how long they've been suspended. Um, and what the suspension actually means in terms of what the Bucks, Omega, and everyone else involved... Um, like we know CM Punk is hurt and apparently has a torn pec, a more torn tricep, something like that. I mean, should be out six to eight months is what I heard. Um, 
Like, so we know how long he's gone, but how long are the Bucks? Like, are they just going to show up at the next pay-per-view? And we're, like, because Tony Khan has sort of just blown this thing over. And I just don't like that response. Like, we need to talk about this. We need to talk about, like, the right, the, the reason this happened. Why did this happen? And to me, it's because Tony Khan has no respect in the locker room to respect his company. And, 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 and. And so you have egos and you have zero chemistry between members of the roster and people just go into business for themselves. That's that's what the wrestling business is and how it's always been. Like, this isn't a surprise to me that you put a bunch of egos together and this happens. It's not a surprise to me. And I've, you know, I've... for someone who doesn't watch AEW, I know this could sort of come out as, man, you're pr- promoting the show. I'm not promoting it, right? And, and, and yes, bad press is good press in, in business. I'm not promoting the product necessarily. If you want to watch AEW, I'm fine with that. I don't care if you watch it or don't watch it. My my critiques of AEW are simply, here's what I think you're doing wrong, and here's how I would fix it. Now, I could be wrong. I have no knowledge of this business in terms of what it takes to run it from, the, from behind the curtain. But at the same time, I think there's just certain common sense things that you could point out that you don't need to have that type of knowledge. I don't need to be a bo- to have had booking experience to say I don't think your booking is all that good, and you need to hire a booking team and Tony Khan to step back and write the checks, and everything else would and let everything else handle itself. I don't need to have you know I don't need to be a promoter and and own a company in wrestling to say Tony Khan you're doing this wrong. There's a certain common sense lo- uh, thing aspects. To this that I want to call out. And I have called out. Um, and so. This is the last I'll bring up. This situation. Um, but. I mean if you get butt hurt. Because I. Critique AEW. That's not my fault. It's not my prerogative. To sit here and. and, and be Dave Meltzer. And to make it sound like AEW is the greatest thing to ever exist. Right? I've never sat here and said WWE is perfect. There are a lot of things WWE needs to fix. But why are we not allowed to say that about AEW? Right? Anytime someone critiques AEW, it seems that everyone comes to the defense. Tony's only done this for three years. Right? We always have these same sort of responses... And at some point, when does Tony Khan have to take responsibility that for this for this situation and for a lot of other things that happen with the company? Ultimately, everything goes back to Tony. I don't think he... And the, the response I keep getting is Tony Khan wants to do this differently. He's not, you know, looking for good stories, he's trying to do dream matches. That's not a long-term plan. If, if, your, if your goal of your company is, I just want the best dream matches, that 
like I'm a fan and I just want to put on dream matches. You're not going to last very long. It's not going to work. It, it's just not. It's, it's not a good long-term plan to sit here and be like, oh, I, I just want to put on long-term matches, and so Daniel Garcia and Wheeler Yuta is going to be my main event because this is a dream match. That's not going to keep viewership. It's just not. Because at the end of the day... Like, like, and I, I maybe it's because I see the world of wrestling different, but it's a TV show. It's a show. It's not a sports event. And, and if we, the more we continue to try to treat professional wrestling like it's MMA or like it's boxing or like it's the NFL and it's some sort of grand spectacle sports event, the more we continue to show and present the product that way, the less I think people are going to watch it because everyone knows that it's not real in terms of the, 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 that it, that it is predetermined who wins and who loses. That's why it has to be a story. That's why it works best when you use the world of professional wrestling in an entertainment storytelling, um, aspect perspective because the more we treat it like a sport the faker it comes off at least that's my opinion I could be wrong the last thing I'll say about AEW in this episode um, is going to be where you know I mentioned something in the last episode where like AEW needs to have a big departure to maybe set things straight. like, And so I've been thinking, like, who are some of these people who I would like to see leave? Who who would I like to see leave AEW, whether it's to jump ship towards WWE, or, or, like, who is it going to take? Who do I think it's going to take to maybe wake up the AEW fans that this shit isn't working? Um, Kenny and the Young Bucks I don't think will ever leave. Um, I know there's reports going out that like WWE or they've reached out to WWE to maybe put out feelers or something like that. Um, and you, know, you can do that, but they're not leaving. I, I will be thoroughly surprised if Omega and the Bucks left AEW because they're not over. They're not over in the mainstream wrestling world like they are over in this, um, the AEW sort of universe, um, ex- like, like they, they're over with that group of people. And I understand that group of people watches WWE as well. But the mainstreams aren't going to care about Kenny Omega or the Young Bucks the way that they care about Roman Reigns or Drew McIntyre or, you know, Kevin Owens. Because they just don't fit the WWE style. And the mainstreams aren't going to want to see kicks and flips and, and, and you know, the stuff that Kenny Omega does. Uh, they're not going to want to see that. Um, so I'd be thoroughly surprised if they left. Um, but some guys, like, like I'm, I, I mentioned Danielson and Moxley. Those would be my, t- I don't know if I'd be surprised, but I think those would be the ones that would have the greatest effect on AEW. If John Moxley left, 
especially if he went back to WWE and we saw Dean Ambrose again. I'm that would probably be the greatest effect in the wrestling world. One of the greatest ship jumping moments, right? To see him come back till W to WWE. Now I don't know if I necessarily want to see him in WWE. Um, I'll be honest. Like I was a fan of him as part of the Shield, and then when the Shield broke up, there was just no. Re- I I had no purpose to liking him. I. He was more so just liked because I liked the Shield, and I ne- I liked him chasing the gold. But as soon as he cashed in and won the WWE Championship, Ambrose just didn't seem like a good character. Like like his feud with Jericho was good. I just I didn't really necessarily like him the same way, and. and and it's because he's more of that hardcore style. And I think Triple H would allow more of that um, than, you know, Vince did. And so maybe his run would be better now that Trips is in, in, is in control of creative. Um, but he, him, Danielson, you know, if I really want to see Britt Baker join WWE. I really do. I think Britt Baker is made to be a WWE uh, superstar. She, she's that sort of, she's built for it. She's like, she doesn't seem like the type of person that would be in AEW. First off, they don't, they don't take care of their, their women's division. And I know people keep saying, oh, it's a work in progress. Well, it's been a work in progress for three years. And this is my biggest critique of women's divisions in the Indies in general. And like I said, several episodes ago, ago, until we recognize AEW as just a glorified um, indie show owned by a guy and put on by a guy who has money so he can he can afford all of this talent and he can get on the TV. Like, it's a glorified, high-budget indie show. And my biggest critique of the independent scene is the lack of care. It's some of the, like... You can go to some indie shows where, at least where I live, and not have a single woman's match on the card for months at a time. It's just, it seems like there's this, I'm not saying that's every promotion, but some of these smaller promotions, there's just not no women's competitors. Cause, and, and let me just be honest, because people don't pay to see women wrestle. Especially down here in the South. Right. women in wrestling, and this could be wrong or right, I don't care, how, like, right, women in wrestling, especially down here in the South, have always been seen as sort of the valet, right? And I think there are a lot of women who are very good in the ring. However, if I paid, you know, to go see an indie show, I would rather see men wrestle. I don't want to see women wrestle. I'll be honest with you. It's not that high value as people want to make it out to be. I've said this in the past. I know people want to try to get like an all-women's pay-per-view again for like WWE or even like AEW to do it or something like that. I just don't think it will sell. I just don't. There's a niche market that likes women's wrestling in like women's only shows like Shimmer. I don't hate women's wrestling. I just don't think that the women are the big draw. 
And I know Becky and Bianca and Sasha sort of, you know, headlined WrestleMania. And we've had multiple main events. But that took time to get there. That took time to get there. Right? I just don't think the indie scene... Well, first, like, so that's my biggest critique of the indie scene is that there's just not a lot of um, importance in putting over the women's show on a large scale effort. You know, if you have a women's match, it's one. Some, a lot of these promotions don't even have women's championships, and you have like one women's match a uh, a month on these little on these independent shows. They run one show a month, and you you have one women's match, right? Um, so that's ultimately Tony Khan, if you would just build, um, I mean, I've mentioned this numerous times after Swole came out and said that she requested that you built like a performance center type thing so the women could get better and can work together because there's no chemistry and you sort of refuse to do that. Tony Khan just build it like that'll better that that will be a, an expense that will better your product. Build the damn performance center so that you can get all the women and the men together because there are still some men that need some training on your roster. Um, build the damn performance center. Get all the women together and have them work together. Have them train together. Have them build some sort of chemistry so they're not throwing each other around the fucking ring and breaking their necks. There's going to be injuries at some point. It seems like with AEW, with every show, someone gets hurt. That's not supposed to happen. It's not supposed to happen. Build the damn performance center so that people can can get together, work together, run through matches. Um, you know, Tony, if you... Do some long-term booking and say, hey, Jade, we're going to put you in a feud with Tony Storm or whoever, you know, pick woman B. We're going to put you in a feud with her. Run through your matches, right? Come here every week, train, work together, run through each other's moveset so that it's Right, I know people like to critique WWE because a lot of the matches seem choreographed and worked through and scripted out, but they do that for safety reasons. That way, that they they work, they run through the matches so that they know what's coming when it happens in the match, so that they can properly do the moves and sell the moves. Um, uh, so. We'll move on from AEW. I'll stop talking about them. I feel like I've talked. That's all I've talked about the last like three episodes has been AEW. I have given a lot of time to it, but I, I think that my critiques are, are thought out, rational critiques of the company. And it's not like, oh, I hate AEW. It's that I want it to be better. I don't watch it, but I want to I want to be able to say, hey, I, this product makes me want to watch it. And every time I turn it on. Other than MJF, there's really nothing there for me to watch. I like MJF. I like Jade. I think Jade is green as fuck. Let me just be honest. I think uh, I think Jade is good as fuck in terms of looks. 
But she's green as fuck in, in, in ring work. And that's dangerous. That's a liability. It's a liability. To have her in the ring. And it seems like she's going to kill somebody every time she gets in the ring. I know she's new. But you got to get her some training. I don't know what she does on a week, on a day-to-day basis outside of these shows. But it doesn't seem like she's getting better. Um, and that's that, that's dangerous. That's a liability, Tony. Like, like fix it. Build a performance center. Lease out a, a something. You have have them train at the Jaguars facility, or something. Create something there for them to train at during the week bef- before the shows, so that one they can each individually get better, and two that they could work through their matches so that it looks choreo like you again it's a show right you want it to look choreographed so that it looks good because you're putting on an entertainment show right even in like professional sports and like football they practice and a lot of times the first quarter of a football game is scripted on what plays they're going to run when they're going to run them right everything is practiced and choreographed for the plays, right? I call AEW a circus. And it is a circus because it's led by a clown, right? But but even the circus acts practice their work and choreograph their skits and their and their gimmicks so that it looks good. Like Cirque du Soleil, you, that's not something that's just made up on spot. They go through that before they start the show, right? They run through all of this. It's not like off the top of the head. And it seems like AEW's is letting their guys go out there and their girls go out there and saying, we don't care what you do, figure this out on your own. All right, let's move on. Um, some other guys, though, that I do want to see leave, Britt, Moxley, Danielson, um... I honestly don't think there's anyone else in the company that I think would be a big surprise if they left, nor do I think would be of big interest if they left. Um, there's not a... Other than Moxley, Danielson, and and Britt, I just can't think of anyone else that would like make get a giant pop if they showed up in WWE. Of course, MJF, but that's like the logical answer. All right, so we'll move on. The next thing, and probably the last thing we'll talk about, is um, I saw someone do this on TikTok the other day um, and list out their top five uh, favorite male superstars in WWE right now. This isn't an all-time list. This is your five favorite active WWE superstars. So we're going to go through my list. Um, so I'm going to do the men and I'm going to do the women. So we're going to do, I have a top five and I have several honorable mentions, um, to add. And so we'll go through the women first. Cause I'll be honest. The men were quite easy for me. Like I knew my top five and my honorable mentions. Like this it's probably not going to change all that often for the men right now. Um, but the women, 
I'll be honest. It was hard to come up with five women, and 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 WWE's women's um, roster is stacked. Their women's um, division is so good. But I feel, at least for me, like putting them on the list, it was hard because, like, I have my favorites. I actually have five honorable mentions that could be in the top five on any given day, either in from two to five. Number one is set. Number one's not changing. I think my, my number one is set. But from two to five, and then my five honorable mentions, the list could change on any given day based on how I'm feeling. And, and, and so we'll go through that. The women's um, people first. So we'll go through my honorable mentions. Um, I'll, I'll start with Nikita Lyons. She's an honorable, honorable mention because we all know why people were attracted to her. She's thick. She's gorgeous. She's she's beautiful. Like literally beautiful. We all the first time we saw her pin, mainstream people were making memes about it and making TikToks about it. And like like people who didn't watch wrestling, right? We're like, I, I want to be that that girl who's getting pinned with this big thick girl's ass in her face. Right? My thing with Nikita, she's been injured several times already. And I just, I'm not a big fan of her in-ring work that I've seen so far. I think she has room to get better. And I just feel, I don't know, that every time she gets sort of a push, it gets sort of held back and pushed back just a little bit, whether it's because of injury or something, right? Um, I still think there's time. She's, she's, she's still young. She's still, you know, newer to the game. And I think there's time for her to grow. I just, at what point do we do we pull the trigger and and make her champion? When does she get better? I think if she develops over the next year or two, then maybe she could be a top five. But there's a lot of things that we gotta. I didn't. It's not a lot. Like she's not bad. Like she's not bad. I just think she needs to get a little bit better to be in the top five, right? Same thing with my next honorable mention, which is Tiffany Stratton. I think she's she's gotten a lot better since she started training. Um, and the only thing I really... I just don't like the gimmick. I, I'll be honest. The gimmick doesn't fit her. She doesn't seem like the spoiled daddy's girl that they're portraying her as. She seems more like, you know, and I don't know her background, but I wish that, you know, if, if like, say she came in as, like, a cheerleader, if that was her background, like, give her something of that nature to be her gimmick. Because it seems like she's trying to fake this, um, and, and I was just, it, it, I, the gimmick is the only thing that I don't like um, about Tiffany Stratton. She's very beautiful, which I, I'll be honest. That to me, that's imp- that's not the most important part about a woman, a woman's wrestler. But you gotta look attractive. 
Because that's what people pay to see women's wrestling for. Right? I, I don't want to see someone that I could see in my hometown be on the screen. I just don't. I don't. Um, next is Raquel. Now, Raquel is one of those that could be in the top five depending on the day. The reason she's not in the top five right now is because I don't like her in this tag team. And we're going to talk about this for a minute for the match on SmackDown between Raquel and Aaliyah and Toxic Attraction. The result of this match pissed me off. Because Toxic Attraction was the most over thing for the last year on NXT. And you're going to bring them up and you're going to have them lose. They looked good in losing, so it's not a complete burial and it's not a job work. But you're going to have them lose. And I'm pretty sure Aaliyah got the pin. I just don't like it. The way I would have booked it is toxic. Like Raquel looked good. Make Raquel look strong because my goal would be to put Raquel in the main title picture. Um, But make Raquel look strong, have Aaliyah tag in, and lose the match. And then eventually lose the tag team championships. And then eventually you have Raquel turn on Aaliyah. I don't understand why they're trying to get Aaliyah over. There's nothing there other than looks to me. She looks good. Cool. What, because she like she has the story of she was a fan and she idolized wrestlers? Like, that's just so corny to me. Because everyone in the business, for the most part, and every fan watching grew up idolizing wrestlers. Like, that's everyone's story. So, like, how that doesn't make the gimmick any good. Right? So, uh, Raquel is good, but she's just... I don't know. The tag team thing to me is just not right. It's just not a good fit for me. Um, next honorable mention would be Cora. Again, she was really good. She started off really strong. Um, I just, she's, she's not, she could be on the list on any given day, but she's just not quite there yet. And then Dakota Kai, I love her in this gimmick. She always worked better to me as a heel. But again, I just don't feel she's on she's on par um, to be in the top five. All right, so let's get to the actual list. So five is Liv Morgan. Now, I've critiqued her championship run. I don't think she should have the belt still. It's not realistic. Um, it's not realistic for... Um, live to, you know, she cashed in and beat Ronda with an injured leg. That's fine. But then to come back and beat Ronda the next pay-per-view or, or and then to beat, and then to beat, um, Shayna in what was honestly the worst match of at Clash of the Castle. She just has no, the, Liv has no gimmick that could get her over. Like she, she's, you know, She's only champion because of the fans and Ronda fought for her to be champion. And I just don't think that there's any substance there. I'm not saying she doesn't deserve to be champion. She's busted her ass off. And if you've watched Liv Morgan now versus Liv Morgan when she came to NXT years ago, 
She's improved so much. She has. I just... I just don't see a championship run. If we had a mid-card women's championship in WWE, that would make the product... You could, you could give something for the rest of the women to fight for, and I think Liv would be good at that. And, and, and fighting in the mid... There's nothing wrong with saying you're a mid-card superstar. I just don't see superstar, like, main event in Liv Morgan's future. I just... I Honestly, I, I love her to death. I think she's one of the best on the roster. She's number five on my list. I just... I, I, I'll say it like I said with Ambrose. I liked her chase for the title a lot better than I like her with the title. I just... There's just she just hasn't put on a good reign to me, in my opinion. Number four is Rhea Ripley. Um, she's carrying the Judgment Day. She is the only reason Judgment Day is good, in my opinion. Everything else about the Judgment Day sucks. It sucks. But Rhea Ripley is making that watchable. Um, she deserves to be in the title picture. She really does. She deserves to be going against Bianca Belair. I don't understand why she's not. I get you want to... See, here's the thing. Here's something I'll applaud AEW. They have a lot of factions, but, you know, individual members could step out of the faction and fight individual matches. So, like, I understand, you know, she's in Judgment Day, but she she can have her own story outside of Judgment Day. And that should be, Bianca, I'm coming for your championship instead of me trying to change Dominic. I just don't understand. Like, she's carrying the Judgment Day story. She could be a part of that. But Rhea Ripley needs to be in the title picture. Um, She really does. She's so talented for as young as she is. All right, number three. This may confuse some people. My number three is J.C. Jane. Um, from the moment, so before her WWE run, she was on the independent scene, mostly in Florida, and she did a show here in Charlotte where I live, um, for the local promotion PWX. Now, I don't know if PWX is still doing shows or not, because I haven't seen ads for them, I don't know what's going on with them. Um, but she did a show with them, um, it had to have been... Um, like 2019 when she did this show. Um, and I just, everything about her presentation of herself as a sort of rock star, um, she, her in-ring ability, she's beautiful as is, right? And, and that's part, like I said, that's important to me. Um, but her in-ring ability, even at that time, was great. Um, and she just had that presentation that... Boom. Now, she didn't go under the name... I don't even remember her name. Post-WWE anymore. It's been that long. Um, but she was fantastic. I was immediately hooked. Right? I was immediately hooked. And then when I saw that she signed with WWE, I was like, holy crap. This is big. 
And then she became part of Toxic Attraction, which I'll be honest, got over the most over thing in WWE over the last year and a half. I'll be completely honest. Not just in NXT, maybe up there with Rome. Roman's reign may be a little bit more over than that. But Toxic Attraction is great. Now, here's my thing. I love Gigi Dolan, known on the indie scene as Priscilla Kelly. I love her. I really do. I think she, she's so good in the ring. I just don't think individually she gets over without toxic attraction. I think JC Jane does. Um, I just, I don't think there's anything in Priscilla Kelly, Gigi Dolan, individually. I'm not saying she's bad. I just, there's a lot of people that look like Gigi Dolan on the roster. And I just don't, depending on the gimmick, like I said, it does depend on the gimmick and how, how it comes across. I just prefer JC Jane. I'll be honest. Um, and I would love to see her go singles, but I, I would hate for Toxic Attraction to, 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 to break up. I really would. This needs to be a team that just lasts forever. Um, but yeah, JC Jane is number three. She's talented. She's very good. Um, I could see her in the world title picture eventually. Um, but I just... Out of the, to- the two of Toxic Attraction, of the tag team, J.C. Jane and Gigi Dolan, she's J.C. Jane is my favorite. Not Doesn't mean that Gigi's bad. I just prefer J.C. Jane. Now, number two is Bianca Belair. I think that in terms of superstardom, Bianca's got it. She's, she's the head, like her and, and Montez... Are, they were just on Wild and Out. They've been on NASCAR races, uh, presenting WWE on NBC. Like, they're the guy. They, they got it. I could see Tez and Bianca in movies or commercials. Like, they have that it factor. Um, and Bianca's just so good. She's athletic. She's talented. But she, the only thing I really don't like about Bianca is her, I think her promo skills need a little bit more work. Um, they're not bad. I just think they need a little bit more work. Um, they seem to be like sort of the same pro. Maybe they told her to sort of do the same style of promo. I don't under, I don't know. But um, great champion. Um, refreshing to see something new with her as champion. I hope she has a long run. I really do. Um, she's. I hope. Ultimately, it's going to be between her and Bailey here eventually, and I just hope that they don't just don't feed it to Bailey to do something that's familiar, right? All right. So number one, so two through five, and then all of my honorable mentions. So basically, two through ten, those could change on a day-to-day basis, right? Number one is set. There's not another number one in my opinion, and that is Mandy Rose. The, the complete turnaround of her career from when she came down to NXT, just the complete... She went from being a jobber nobody to probably being the number one woman on the roster. And it's all about that presentation. And she got better in the ring. She's not the best in the ring, but she got better in the ring. She's so good on the mic. And she's done 
what I've been saying WWE should, you don't have to go PG-14. You just have to push the lines of PG. And she's doing that on NXT with these out of the, my favorite thing about her is that they've presented her very well. Even when she's not in the arena that night to fight or whatever, she's always on the screen. They've done these out-of-arena, you know, bikini promos where she's at the pool or she's, you know, sunbathing or whatever, right? Showing her, her body because that's what got her over. She's gorgeous. She's, she's more than that, right? She is perfection to me. Like, Wade Barrett has every right on Tuesdays to sort of oogle over Mandy Rose because the entire fan base is oogling over Mandy Rose. And they've done a good job presenting her sexuality and her sexual nature while still making it sound, feel that she can still go in the ring. And that's what I've been saying to do over the last couple like the last couple of years. I've been saying we can bring back elements of the attitude era. We don't need bra and panties matches, but you can still bring back elements and, and sexuality into the storyline while still presenting, you know, a Mandy Rose or a JC Jane or a Liv Morgan or um, Tiffany Stratton or Nikita Lyons, right? That you can present their sexuality and, and, and the, their beauty while still making it seem that they can go in the ring. Um, and Mandy Rose is just far above everyone else on this list and everyone else on the roster, in my opinion, and that she could still be good in the ring, but she's just, she's, she's an artist and, and she's very good at presenting herself on Instagram and TikTok of her, of her, her real asset, which is her, which is her beauty. And it's not wrong. Like, shoot, y'all are going to support all these independent women doing OnlyFans, but the minute I say that Mandy Rose should should be presented sexually, y'all are going to hate me, right? That's the double standard that I hate with AEW fans. All right. Let's move over to the men's side of the roster, and this is where we'll end. So we'll start with our honorable mentions again. Um, and so first we'll start with Tony D'Angelo. I just love the gimmick. I'll be, I'll be honest. I love a good old old-fashioned stereotype gimmick the sort of Italian mobster Tony D's the, the Don I just love it I love it I love everything about this gimmick now I don't think he's the best in the ring I'll be honest I think he has a lot of work to do um, but the gimmick is perfect it's funny I like to tune in for it and see his segments I'll be honest when I watch NXT sometimes I'll, I'll pre-record it and then I'll skip through it. But anytime Tony uh, Tony D'Angelo is on the screen, I'm stopping and I'm watching just to see what happens because it's fun. Uh, McInt- Drew McIntyre is another honorable mention right now. He's good. I like what he's doing. I'm glad he's back in the main title picture. He's just not in my top five right now. But he's very close, right? He's very close. Th- there's just so much good talent. Um... And I really favored, and you'll see this in my list, I really favored the future of the company rather than what the, the, the older stars, right? Um, my honorable, my last honorable mention, and ah, this was so hard to make him an honorable mention and not put him at number five. I could flip this guy 
and number five and be okay with it. But I'm happy with him being an honorable mention. And that's Gunther. And, and, and so I hate that the UK fans started cheering Walter when he was coming out. I'm glad Imperium's back. That deserved, Vinci deserved to be caught up with him. Um, but it's Gunther. Like, get over it. It, it. I get it. You know him as Walter, but it's Gunther. And he, he put on the match of the, of the year for me. I'm going to stand by that match of the fucking year. Gunther versus Sheamus at Clash of the Castle. I don't care about Dave Meltzer's ratings. I don't care that it's a, people like it shouldn't be a five-star because there's other matches that are rated five-star that were better than this. And that's why the, the star rating is so subjective because right, I prefer more of a letter grade system. Um, and it really just depends. I mean, again, that's still um, subjective based on what you like in wrestling. I like, and I said this, I made a TikTok that said, this is just what I like, big meaty men slapping meat. They were beating the fuck out of each other. And I loved every single moment of it. Gunther is so good. I was not a fan of his when they were presenting him on NXT UK before he got called over to America. And he, right? And I think it was... I don't want to say it was that he was overweight. It was, I thought that most of his... Uh, Mystique is was, was in his chops. But now that he sort of got in shape... This motherfucker can wrestle, and I know he could wrestle before, but I like big men wrestling. But I'm I'm 6'2", 350, a, a biscuit close to 400, right? I shouldn't be in a ring. I'm not a, I'm not a giant. I'm just fat as fuck, right? And, like, like Otis, to me, he's... Otis does... He's not a giant. He's not one of those big, meaty men slapping meat that I want to watch. Right, even when Big Show got up to like 500 pounds, he wasn't intriguing because he couldn't move. Right, but Walter lost all this weight. Gunther, excuse me, he lost all this weight, and now his matches are intriguing because not only is he tall and he's but he's built and he and he and he looks like a superhero. Right, imagine if like you know. Thor came out in that in the fat suit like he did I forgot which Marvel's movie it was what Avengers movie it was where he came out and he was fat fat Thor right imagine if that was Thor though you wouldn't think he'd be able to save anything right and this is entertainment so Gunther did a very good job losing all that weight and he looks presentable now and he's just and the ring general thing is just Imperium I love everything about it. I really do. So let's get to my top five list for the men. Number five. Like I said, this could be an honorable mention or number five. This is like a tie for five. But I'm going to put him at five. I'm going to get him the nod. And that's Montez Ford. This motherfucker is so good. I don't mean to hate on Angelo Dawkins. But dog, y'all been, you've been in the company since like 2015 with NXT and this finally worked for you. I'm happy for you, Angelo. But Montez is carrying your, your ass. Montez is carrying your ass in the Street Profits right now. And I know they're like working on turn, maybe a turn in a singles run. Montez should be in the United States Championship picture right now. 
right at this very moment. They could do it where Dawkins just got put to the table by, uh, what's the fuck's his name, Strowman. And now he's hurt, and Montez can go on a singles run, while right, and then become champion. And then Dawkins comes back, and Montez is like, I don't need your ass no more. That would be funny to me. Number four. This guy's the future of the mid-card. That's not a bad thing. That's not a bad thing. Carmelo Hayes. Motherfucker's probably the best champion they got. I love this guy. I love Carmelo Hayes. I love Carmelo Hayes. Every match he puts on is a banger. And he's good on the mic. Right? And everyone's like, oh, but I thought you didn't like the fan. It's not that I don't like the fast-paced matches. His match with Ricochet with Fire was the perfect match to start the show. To get the energy in the crowd. Right? My issue with other companies is they have those fast-paced matches every match and it tires the like you don't need fast-paced every match you start the show with a fast-paced match to get energy into the crowd but you don't need it the entire show right Carmelo Hayes is so good number three Karrion Cross. I know he just returned um I'm looking forward to his story with McIntyre and how right I loved the ending of Smackdown this past Friday where like they Corey Graves says something about like Drew's visions fading to black. And as he was saying it, the camera was actually fading to black. I loved that presentation. I love that we got Scarlet involved now with this run. I don't know what Vince was thinking when he caught up carrying in the first run. And he didn't put Scarlet with him and he changed everything about the gimmick. I don't understand what that was. Um, but Karrion Cross is being presented as this badass. And I love every single moment of it. I really hope that eventually CYN becomes just another faction in WWE. I would love to see EC3 and Austin Aries um, show up and have a four-person faction with Aries, EC3, Karrion Cross, and Strowman sort of like causing havoc in the in the locker room. That would be fantastic. And you can add someone like Loomis to it. That would be fantastic. I'll be honest with you. The Karrion Cross, he's going to be champion hopefully one day. I don't know when because it sort of held up with, uh, like with the whole Reigns situation. Like Reigns needs to drop one of the titles just so that we have a title to fight for. Um, but yeah, Cross, even if he doesn't get a title, I mean, he's good just the way he is, right? He's good just the way he is right now. I love it. Number two, Braun Breaker. This guy, I'm going to say this. I'm going to guarantee this right now. Braun Breaker is the next face of the WWE. Roman's going to leave. Braun's going to come in and fill his spot. By the end of next year, by the end of 2023, I think Braun Breaker will be on the main roster and he may be world champion or universal champion. It could happen. It would not surprise me. I love Braun Breaker. His spear is one of the most deadly looking spears I have ever seen in professional wrestling. Definitely more realistic than some of them. 
his his um shit, I don't even know what the fucking name of his other move is right now. But he just the, his jackhammer so fucking good. His snap suplex, all of these like moves that he like he's just so good and he's already really good on the mic. I'm sure uh Scotty Steiner had something to do with that. But he's just and he's so young and only having done professional wrestling for really a year and a half at this point. To be as over as he is, the crowd loves him. His match with um Pete Dunne at Worlds Collide. Not Pete Dunne, god damn it. Um Tyler Bate. His match with Tyler Bate at uh Worlds Collide in my opinion, is the best match of that night. Carmella Hayes versus Ricochet is a very close number two. But that match with Tyler Bate and Braun Breaker had me on the edge of my fucking seat the entire night. The only match that weekend that had me on the edge of my seat with my anxiety going through the fucking roof was Roman and Drew. Um, And that was, like, if I had to rate that weekend, the best match would have been Sheamus Gunther then it would have been um um Breaker and Tyler Bate. Then it would have been Hayes and Ricochet. Then it would have been Drew and Roman. And they all four were just complete bangers. Beautiful. Beautiful. Braun Breaker is the future of WWE, whether or not you like it. And he's going to be damn good at it. He was built to be a pro wrestler. All right, let's go ahead and get to it. Number one, this should be obvious. This should be obvious. This should be everyone's number one active wrestler right now, at least in WWE. Throw your ones up. Acknowledge our tribal fucking chief. Roman Reigns is the best thing in the fucking industry right now. If you disagree with me, I'm sorry. I don't even want to hear your. I don't even want to hear your rebuttal. I don't want to hear your differing opinion, and how Roman Reigns sucks. Be right. He is the best in the business right now there's no one uh, I can think of that does what he does at a higher level and you're like well he doesn't show up good because that adds to the heel gimmick right y'all don't understand the story and the gimmick of Roman Reigns if you complain about him not showing up I think he should drop one of the titles absolutely so we have something to fight for um on Raw Especially since the focus seems to be on, you know, his 700-plus day reign as Universal Champion. I I don't like the that he had to take the other championship from Raw. I think he should drop that one. Um, But, I mean, his whole gimmick is I'm on an... I'm the head of the table on the island of relevancy, and until you... Until you can enter this island, I'm not going to make my, my... like He's not going to show up because no one else on the roster is relevant enough for him to be there. That's... like Right? He thinks he's so much better than everyone. And the story is it's because the bloodline is there. That's why he always wins. Right? And that... And the bigger the... Right? And So enjoy the story. It's a great story. Roman Reigns is a top heel... The more y'all complain about them, the more they're just going to keep doing this shit. 
because that's what the, the heels are supposed to get booed and the heels are supposed to get negative reactions. That's part of the business. Y'all are fucking yourselves. Right? Right? You don't understand that any reaction is a good reaction. Now, Roman Reigns is the best person in this industry. By far, I can't think of a single person better than Roman Reigns. I can't. Roman Reigns is by far the best. By far the best. All right. Well, in this episode here, let me know what you think about my list. Um, and, um, uh, you know, go, go follow me on TikTok at We2Deep413, W-E-T-O-O-D-E-E-P, 413, We2Deep413. That's on TikTok and Twitter. Uh, thanks for listening to this episode of the Slapping Meat Wrestling Podcast. I can't wait to see you. Listen to the next one.